Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, a little tired. Uh, we're into what's known as the dog days of summer where I live, which just means that by the end of the day, uh, you need a second shower because you're all sweaty and gross. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing good. Cool, nice, yeah. Uh, I've had a good day as well, went and saw... Uh... Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, of course, the review is out there. I tried to make it make sure the re- review is out there before this uh, podcast, obviously, as well, so we can uh, talk about that in the housekeeping section. Uh, interesting little thing. Um, but there's no spoilers involved in what I'm about to say, obviously. Uh, there was this woman that was sitting in front of me. Uh, there was three things that she did, right? She came in 20 minutes late to the film. Um, she was talk- talking like a fair bit throughout it. I don't know if she was talking to her friend that was next to her or shouting things at the screen. Like, I could hear her saying stuff, but I couldn't... I was trying to, like, block her out, obviously, and listen to what, you know, Peter Parker was saying, Spider-Man was saying. And there's this, uh, you know, bit where he's swinging around in the film, he's doing his thing, and she's going, shoot the webs, shoot the webs, shoot the webs, like, over and over again. And, uh, so that was interesting as well. Um, and then, of course, as you know, you always do with Marvel post-credit scenes. There's two that you must stay for, by the way. Uh, both the mid mid-credit scene and the post-credit scene. Um, and there was literally a bit before the before the credits actually came up. Uh, obviously, the end of the film was happening. I won't say what was happening, obviously. And then she turns around to her set, her friend. And she says, the film's finished, let's get up and leave. And then they go up and do that. So not only did they get in late and miss the start, they almost also missed the end. So uh, you have that as well. Um, you said you're seeing it on, uh, I can't remember what days you said you're seeing it. Uh, more than likely, I'll probably see it tomorrow. There's a 3.30 showing um, that I'll probably get to. Um, as to the 20-minute late thing, I don't know if it's just a U.S. thing or if this doesn't happen in the U.K., but in the U.S., from when the actual start time that they advertise on, you've got a good 25, 30 minutes of previews oh, and about, bullshit. I'm not talking about 20 minutes late for that. Like 20 minutes of the actual film had played. So, oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I try and do that as well. I try and get there. <laughs> if it says like half one, for example, I try and get there at like ten to two, or something. So you, uh, you miss the adverts and stuff. Uh, plus, I like the the sort of ten minute gap, so you can you know get a drink, get your Pepsi or whatever. And uh, in case someone's queuing in front of you and they have problems buying the thing, whatever they're doing. Uh, but yeah, no, she was twenty minutes late to the actual film, uh, and then she left five minutes early. So. What, did she see Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was a great film and the reviews out there, of course. But that's enough film talk in a games podcast and whatnot. Uh, what have you been playing, video games-wise? Uh, been bouncing through a little bit of everything. I was on the road all last week, and I'll be on the road again all next week. So I didn't get a whole lot of gaming in. Uh, I got some grinding process done with uh, Dragon Quest XI. Uh, I do want to finish that story out soon. I got my first deep experience into the uh, Dark Zone on uh, Division 2. Not liking that a whole lot, at least. For Division 1, you could kind of solo it a little bit, Hmm. to a point. Um, This one, you pretty much got to be in a team. So I'm either going to have to find a clan or find, you know, players that are looking to team up. Uh, The Dark Zone is very much not a solo thing. Okay. Uh, And then bounce in between a little bit of this, a little bit of that, nothing really serious to talk about, so. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I was jumping between Crash Team Racing and, uh, I can't remember the name of the stupid game. The, uh, the Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U thing, I can't remember the name of it, because it's... The Super Mario Maker? 
No, the the uh, the deluxe U thing that they released in January. I had played it before, and then I went back to it. It's basically like the uh, the 2D modern platformer bundle that they put on the Switch. Not the Mario Maker, the other one that they put out. I can't remember the full name of it because it's convoluted and stupid. Um, uh, but I was playing some of that and switching between that and Crash Team Racing. And as as I said on Geek Town this week uh, with David, um, I was sort of doing this thing where like if I got really frustrated with one, I'd switch over to the other. And uh, I just got, I got to this part in Mario where um, I realised where the checkpoints kind of were. And, um, like, I, I sort of failed once or twice, and then I had to go back to a particular checkpoint, I had to do, like, three or four different levels all over again. Um, and then I, I just got to a point where I was just too frustrated with it, to where, like, you know, I had one life left with Mario, and I'd accidentally, um, hit this turtle on the side, instead of jumping on his head, and then, like, I'd accidentally shoot the, uh, his shell the wrong way, and it would hit me, or... Um, I don't know, something else would happen, and then, yeah, I, I just, I kind of got frustrated with it, but I played a good, a good enough chunk to where I could judge as to whether or not I liked it, I think. Um, I played almost the two, first two mini-worlds, I suppose you you call them, um, the, like, the first two boss checkpoint things that I had done, so it's a fair amount of the game to play, uh, to be able to judge it, I think. Obviously, things probably change later in the game, there's probably... Uh, different enemies that come in and whatnot, um, but I enjoyed what I played of it. It just got too frustrating, and I I just didn't want it anymore. If you don't want to play a game, then then you don't need to. Um, with the in terms of my Crash Team Racing Nitro Field, I've I've just put it down for a few days. Um, I've actually been watching uh, the Wire as well. I've been watching a good a good bit of uh, season three. Um, and then uh, yeah, I I essentially on the adventure mode because you have this thing where you have to race uh, Oxide twice. And the second time, you have to make sure you've got all of the uh, CTR challenge <coughs> coin things, and you've got all the time relics. And I just found them too frustrating. Like I was missing, like I did the um, I can't remember what it's called, but the the fiery sort of level. I was doing that one and uh, missing missing it by a second or a second and a half, like six times in a row. Um, but the one thing I haven't finished is the Grand Prix, so I'm going to go back and do some of those. And they also updated the game, either today or yesterday, I'm not sure, time zone-wise or whatever, uh, with the, uh, I think it's the, uh, Entropy, Entropy, um, Grand Prix, so I'm going to go and play that as well. They've added the, uh, the Trophy Girls, which is, uh, Tawana and the others as well. Uh, so i still got a bunch of Grand Prix that I need to get through, uh, or need to play as well. Um, and th- th- those have been more fun because it's just normal like races and all that sort of stuff, which is what I wanted, uh, really. Um, like I-, I had fun in the you know the platformer trilogy, the insane trilogy, doing all the time trials and all that sort of stuff, but it's just not as fun in the in the carts. I don't know what it is, but again, I don't need to force myself to kind of play it. Um, but I'm going to try the online eventually, and I'm going to do the rest of the uh, the Grand Prix. Um, I added uh, Days Gone back to my list. I'm going to go in and do... There's apparently these like different horde modes that you can do. So not like, not like when you go in the story and you face a different horde. There's like, um, you know, fun different horde modes. And it's probably the, one of the best parts of the game. So I'm going to go in and try some of those as well. I liked the game a lot. Uh, and of course, if you want to know more about why I did or didn't like it, uh, there's a spoiler-free review for, for Days Gone that we did uh, about a month or so ago. Uh, or I, I did for that. Uh, but no, the horde modes sound fun, and as long as I have enough traps and ammo and stuff like that, it should be interesting to go in and, and do that sort of stuff. Um, the other game I got sent today, yesterday, I think it was today, um, like got sent but should be delivered tomorrow, is a Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, I want to finally go in and try that, because you've said a whole bunch of things about it, you've been playing it for like quite a while. 
Um, and I've I was looking on like Reddit and stuff about suggestions of games that are similar to The Witcher because I've got a sort of itch for like a, a good sword game basically maybe it's because all the pictures of The Witcher that came out uh, this week of uh, the TV show and it just made me want to, to go in and play the game uh, but I want to play something similar so I'm going to see if I'm going to try a, different, a few different sword games the first one's going to be Kingdom Come Deliverance uh, how's your playthrough of that going at the moment? It's going good. I'm like I said, I've had a couple of the games distracting me at the moment, mm-hmm. but I've always enjoyed the game. It's just one of those games that the learning curve, because it's so completely unlike anything you've absolutely ever played. Okay. Um, it does take a while. I would definitely recommend like the initial start because there's where you start at, and then there's a plot point, and then after that plot point in is where the game quote unquote begins. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't hard to play through that a couple, three times just to really get a sense of the game. Okay. How, what about um, difficulty-wise? Can you, like, change difficulty or, like... No, it's it's all the same difficulty. Oh, so there's no, like, easy, normal, hard. It's just you go in and, nope. and play. Okay. All it right. is what it is, and it's completely unapologetic yeah. about being what it is. So. <laughs> the only reason I ask that as well is because if you start... Uh, again, I know it's a different game, but difficulty-wise, if you start an adventure mode on Crash Team Racing and you start on hard and it is quite hard to race on on that difficulty uh you can't change the difficulty you have to keep going so i chose a medium for that one uh, but i just wanted difficulty wise if there was what the situation was um so how is like the game and the story and all that sort of stuff like what can i sort of expect i suppose uh well the story is very linear it's not a role-playing game in okay. the sense of you choose a role i mean you're you're always henry you're always the son of the blast blacksmith mm-hmm. and you're always starting in the same town the skills are completely based on usage, so you can completely ignore like a weapon type or something else, and you'll never gain a skill in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are kind of perks after a sense, but they're all related to doing things. So if you do the things, then you'll get the skills. If you don't do the things, then you won't get the skills. Um, the only real tip tip that I would give would be to pick up there's herbs um, and like stuff that you can buy for apothecary. You don't have to do apothecary, but you can always pick them up and sell them for money, which is always helpful in, in RPG games. Right. Yeah. And so the only real skill that I would say would be to constantly pick them up uh, because once you reach level 10 in herbology, you can actually take a perk called leg day and you can actually gain strength from doing squats while picking up the herbs. Hmm. And so if you're going for more of a, a physical brute build, it's a really easy way to build up your strength skill. Cool. Nice. All right. I'll be playing it within at some point within the next week, obviously. And then I'll uh, come back next week and talk about that. So, okay. uh, so your main game is Division 2 at the moment? Uh, my main game is kind of bouncing between uh, Dragon Quest Eleven and right. Division 2. Um, I am going to jump into Spider-Man, which I did buy during the sale, because mm-hmm. uh, I want to get a good chunk of that done before I go see Far From Home tomorrow. Cool, nice. Oh, you're lucky because you'll have all the the suits in there now because they added the um, far from home stuff yep. as well. I yeah. did. I didn't see that initially, but then I did see there was a massive update for the game. I'm like, whoa, what the hell's that about? And mm. then I saw the article. I was like, oh, that explains it. See, the thing for me with that game is like, okay, they've added like they added the Sam Raimi suit, they've added the far from home one, they added this other Fantastic Four one or something, uh, this bag thing or whatever. I've platinum the game so even though yeah if i can jump in there in the far from home suit and all that stuff's really cool but there's nothing for me to do in the game i can do like the random crimes that aren't tied to anything but i've done all the story and everything so uh i mean it's cool that they're putting in the effort to put in these free suits and all that like that's all good but 
there's just nothing to jump in and, and do so um there's that but yeah i guess that's a quick news thing we're slipping in here uh you can go and download the uh i think there's two suits the um stealth suit the the black one and then the fox mm-hmm. one so uh you can go and check those out as well cool so that's what we've been playing and what we're going to be playing in the next couple of weeks or whatever um the next main game for me or next big game is going to be uh marvel autumn alliance 3 on switch which is out on the 19th of july i think so uh that will be the next thing that i'll be playing oh yeah there's also that samurai vr game which comes out on the 5th but i don't know when i'm going to be playing that so um cool all right let's jump into some housekeeping Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, of course, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I saw Far From Home today, Spider-Man Far From Home. It is a spoiler-free and spoiler uh, split, so I give you, I do give you two spoiler warnings, uh, one at the start and then one when I'm actually going to go into spoilers, but you can listen to the first half of that uh, spoiler-free as well. Um, although I do spoil parts of Endgame, but given that that film's made 2.7 something billion, I don't know anyone that hasn't seen the film. But anyway, they, that's the situation with that. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home review in the film reviews feed and in, of course, the main feed. Uh, something else that's coming or coming back or whatever. Uh, Scream Season 3 Resurrection. There's actually two trailers out there now uh, and a two-minute opening clip with uh, Paris Jackson. She's playing a character called Becky. You can check that out as well and what she's doing with Ghostface. Uh, yeah, Scream Season 3 is finally coming back uh, for Season 3. The last episode was in October 2016. If you want to know more about the journey of Scream and why there hasn't been an episode since October 2016, uh, there's also a uh, the Journey of Scream Season 3 podcast which you can listen to as well. Uh, both of them are in the TV feed. There isn't an individual feed for Scream because uh, it might be a miniseries. We're not sure what's going on with it. If it gets a season four or whatever, there might be another feed, but we don't know what's happening with it yet. Uh, but you can check out both of those podcasts. The other one, of course, is the Scream season three uh, preview where I went through all the trailers, all the little character promo things and everything that they've got talked about the season. Uh, the difference with the coverage with this one is... It doesn't quite have a dedicated UK home yet. So in order for me to watch the episodes, obviously, um, it might be on Netflix. It might not. It was originally on Netflix the first two seasons. uh, But we don't know if the third season is coming to Netflix just because we don't know the new deals or whatever and whatever. Uh, But if you're in the US, it starts uh, Monday the 8th of July through to the the Wednesday. It's a three-night event, two episodes per night. starts at 9 o'clock through to 11 on VH1. So go and check that out as well. 
Uh, what else did we do? Speaking of gaming stuff as well, which is what you're here for. Um, I did just a little discussion podcast on the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons, Robert. You've discussed before about them being too small. I discussed that and the general design and why they need a redesign and all those sorts of things. So I did a podcast on that and what they could do with the Switch in the future and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, social media, I'm changing some of the uh, scheduled posts or sque- scheduled tweets uh, in order for there to be more promotion without me being up every hour of the day or whatever. Um, yeah, during the night and all sorts, like during the day and stuff like that, there's going to be more Facebook and Twitter posts. If you want to know more about that, there's a um, there's a podcast out there called Social Media Update, so check that out as well. Uh, we've now gotten into July, which means we've gone past June, uh, which means there's another chat podcast. This is for episode 7. Uh, oddly, it falls on the 7th month. I did not intend that. That's just the way that happened. But I talked about what happened in June, numbers-wise, and uh, the list of best-to-worst podcasts, all those sorts of things, and talked about some other stuff in there. So that's a chat podcast. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. There was a gaming talk last week, obviously. We talked about a bunch of video game stuff. Uh, other film reviews, Toy Story 4, Brightburn... Child's Play, Spider-Man Far From Home. What was the other one that I saw? I think that was all of them. Uh, But yeah, check out all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move in to some news. Uh, so we got a few things that are going to segue into other things here. So once one of us talks about something, the other person that has the segued thing, I guess, can come in and, and talk about that. But uh, what would you like to start with today, Robert? What do you have? Well, first we got an update on something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Twitch has officially rolled out its sub-only uh, stream. Mm. So depending on the streamer, and the article doesn't go into specifics as to anybody can do it or if it's like for affiliates only or anything like that. Um, but uh, there are is a way to turn your stream into a, a subscriber-only platform. Uh, if you are going to do this, double-check up on your terms of service for whatever games you're going to be su- sub- uh, screaming, uh, streaming to. Uh, because some games, being a subscriber-only, does actually violate the terms of service. Now, whether or not these games decide to act on this violation of terms of service and to uh, do anything about that is anybody's guess. Yep. Uh, that really kind of falls into that gray area of, you know, you're on a platform, but technically if you're a sub only, you're monetizing content that you did not create for your own profit. And that gets into the, the legal bullshit weeds. Um, yeah. So just no, double check on everything and bone up, you know, check some Reddit pages see what can be streamed sub only and what can't. Um, it's not really a factor for me just because I don't do subs only because I don't have that many people that watch my stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think about this? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> as long as it is the idea that we kind of discussed before, which is, you know, if you're streaming, let's say FIFA 20 comes out September, right? And, um, I mean, this, is some, this isn't something I would do, so I'm not even going to use myself as an example. A person goes to stream the game and they say, hey, it's launch day, I'm going to start career with man united or whatever uh hopefully uh, they have a better team by that time um uh and then they say hey it's going to be a, a sub only thing you know it's launch day special game big game whatever uh and then maybe you know if if the as long as this thing doesn't become a like 
hey, you can only watch me stream this game if you give me a dollar or five dollars a month, as long as it's not something like that, where, you know, it's then a, a paid stream or something. Um, as long as it's a, a, as long as it's a way of saying, hey, for free, you can subscribe to me, which means then you get notified of when I go live in the future, and you can also then watch me play either a brand new game, or maybe you get a code for, like, an early release or, or something, maybe you get FIFA code, like, a month early or something, and, um, uh, that sort of thing, do you get what I mean? Maybe it's some sort mm -hmm. of, like, exclusive thing, or something like that, and then you say, hey, if you guys want to check out me playing this new game, maybe before release, or on release, whatever the case, uh, you can subscribe to me for free. That then gets viewer subscriptions in, which then, you know, for the future, when you're streaming either the same game again or a different game, whatever, uh, that gets them in for free. As long as it's for free and not like a paid, hey, subscribe to me to watch, you know, pay to subscribe to me to watch this game, uh, which I, I don't think is very good. Uh, as long as it works out like that, I think it's actually an interesting feature. So, because, I mean, if you don't have to pay for the subscription, then there isn't that much harm to it. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. what do you think? Well, as long as it involves the gaming, I'm not, you know, that uh, that not that much into it. Um, my only real concern is that Twitch has a borderline problem with this being a porn cam because there's a lot of channels where it's That's just, say, yeah, yeah, just just attractive women just begging for money from 13 year old kids with their mom's credit card. I know at least four different streamers that I've caught at some point that's either popped up on like a fails video that I watch or something to where they're literally just naked except for pasties and they're painting their body for tips. And yeah, yeah. I mean, technically they can do that. I mean, that's not a violation of terms of service. Um, Unless they but change that's, that or something, which they yeah. probably should do. And they could, I mean, technically they're not, if they're not naked, then they're not, you know, violating the nudity thing. But it's one of those things that it could really go downhill really fast. And, you know, if that's the kind of thing to where it becomes pornography in a sense, then that's when the right. governments get involved. And as we've talked with, like, the loot boxes and everything like that, when the government gets involved, everything goes to shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's up to Twitch to kind of manage this. It's kind of in their hands. Um, so if there's a particular thing you can or can't do, they need to set those rules in. Um, and we'll see where things go. But I, mm -hmm. I, but in in the positive sense, like let's say let's say I'm going to just use myself as an example. Let's say uh, Death Stranding comes out November eighth, and I say, hey, you know, you guys can come and watch me play it on on launch day, whatever. Um, but like you need to subscribe, but it's for free. All you need to do is like log into your account and press the subscribe button and then watch the stream. I think that's pretty harmless. So. Um, it's actually almost kind of helpful because then if someone like casually checks you out on Twitch and they don't subscribe, they are probably never going to watch your Twitch again because you probably just disappear into the thousands of people that are streaming. So uh, it just depends how they manage it in the future. So uh, what else would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, the hype for Cyberpunk 2077 is not going to stop even remotely soon. Mm -hmm. uh, the latest announcement is a massive cosplay contest. So if you're a cosplayer and you can whip together a really good costume for the game, definitely get on it. Uh, the grand prize winner will receive at least $15,000 US, a photo shoot for a magazine cover, and a chance to be in the game itself. Uh, you can enter the Cyberpunk 2077 cosplay, uh, cosplay contest by submitting your creation online uh, to cyberpunk.net slash en slash cosplay contest. Or you can go to a live con around the world uh, 
and be spotted by somebody working for the competition itself. Uh, the cons are Gamescom, which is in Cologne, Germany, uh, PAX West, which is in Seattle, uh, TGS, which obviously is in Cho- Tokyo, Igromir, I think I'm pronouncing that right, which is in Moscow, Russia, and then Paris Games Week, which is obviously in Paris, France. Mm. Uh, the winners of the in-person qualifiers will also receive a $2,000 prize pack. And aside from the money in the magazine calendar, CD Projekt Red um, may also ask finalists to become official Cyberpunk 2077 cosplayers at major future cosplay events. So if you're kind of an amateur cosplayer or something like that, this is a huge, huge uh, deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds sounds good. Sounds interesting. Um, I'm not someone that cosplays myself. The most I did was go to Walker Stalker with a Walking Dead t-shirt on, but um, that's well, that's far from cosplaying. But uh, you know, it was the it was the top that I had for the occasion, and that's what I did. Um, but yeah, if you're into cosplaying and you like cyberpunk and you've you know got the time and money to go, uh, then this will be uh, suitable for you. Um, I was gonna go and rewatch the you know the first 50 minute demo that they put out like a year ago, or whatever. I was gonna go and rewatch that the other day. But I uh, I didn't get around to it. Um, I feel like I want to see a bit more of that game. For like I I don't know something about it hasn't quite clicked with me. Um, but maybe it's just because we've not seen that much. For it. I know you're you're pretty excited for, for Cyberpunk. So can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and it's coming out. Is it the 16th of April? It's coming out. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah it's uh, April day, 2020. Yeah, which day before I turn 26. So uh, there's the incentive for me, I suppose. Um. Yeah, we'll see how how things go with this, and uh, I mean, it's still like what, uh, not not six months, way more than six months. Uh, still a long time till the game comes out, and um, we'll see what else gets shown and all that sort of stuff. So, it could be interesting. Um, anything else you want to say with this? Uh, just that I wish I was better at making costumes for cosplay because I would absolutely be a part of this. But other than that, you know, I I do like the fact that it's a global competition because obviously. Of the five cons that I listed, only one is inside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't even have to go to the con. You can just submit it to the online page. But it's it really shows more to the fan service and fan support of, you know, CD Projekt Red. And that they're, they're, I mean, they don't have to do this for the game. I mean, there's already a ton of hype for the game itself. Yeah. I'm sure the pre-orders are blowing numbers away. I mean, I know I pre-ordered, and I actually broke my own rule of not pre-ordering just to pre-order this game. So I would not even blink if they sold 10 million units within the first weekend of the game launch. Um, So the hype is there. The purchases are already there. The money's already in the bank, so to speak. They don't have to do this, Mm -hmm. but they are doing it, you know, to show love for their fans, which is why I'm I love CD Projekt Red in that they're doing this, you know, for the fans. Because I like I've always said, you know, don't go after your fans, don't attack your fans, even if you disagree with them. But they clearly love their fans and they want to do cool stuff for their fans, and so they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I about to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, it's uh, it should be interesting when the game comes out uh, next year. Oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. It's interesting now that you, when you mentioned the fact of like how nice they are and stuff like that. I remember around the the time the Battlefront Two stuff happened, and yeah, the game was already announced way before that. And then somebody asked them on Twitter like, "Well, you have microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff," and their response was like, "No, we don't do greed. We leave that to others," which is just such a great response. So, um, 
yeah, that that was pretty cool as well. It's like it's like a sly little sort of nudge to those other companies, but instead of being like, hey, no, we don't do what EA does or something, it's like, no, we we don't do that. We leave greed to to other people. So a uh, nice sort of sly way to sort of put that. But yeah, it should be interesting when it comes out, and uh, yeah, it'll be right around the corner from my birthday or the day before. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, in kind of an odd move, but I'm glad for it, uh, Alan Wake developer Remedy announced that it has acquired the series publishing rights for the game Alan Wake uh, from Microsoft. The company announced this news in a message to investors simply stating the publisher rights of Alan Wake games are reverted back to Remedy. Um, Alan Wake and its spinoff American, Night War- American Nightmare were both published on the Xbox 360 um, but self-published by Remedy on PC. Now that the developers now solely own the rights, it's possible that they could bring it to other platforms, which I'm assuming PS4, uh, sometime in the near future. Uh, this is an older game. I mean, Alan Wake came out on the 360 nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, a, at one point, an attempt to make a live-action game, but so far as I know, that's gone nowhere. Uh, the next game in Remedy's lineup, Control, uh, is launching on all platforms August 27th, which is I'd never heard of it before, but it's called uh, Shooter, so whatever it is, they clearly are no longer exclusive to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it looks like they're just getting uh, control of their own IP again. Yeah, I'm really excited for Control. It looks, uh, I know Quantum Break didn't click for everybody, uh, but this looks like a sort of second attempt at a very, it has nothing to do with Quantum Break, but it's got like similar uh, mechanics and stuff in it. And I'm super super excited for that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. This has kind of happened, and in, in the midst of you know Microsoft getting uh, was it Double Fine, the Psychonauts guys, mm-hmm. uh, and you know everybody like Ninja Theory and everybody else that they've got uh, that they've kind of not necessarily let this one go, but maybe it was just Remedy wanted to maintain control of the IP. Granted, this has been with Microsoft for for years now, uh, and it's you know interesting that this kind of happened. Um, but yeah, it means the game could be on PS4, it means it could maybe be on Switch, I mean the game's old enough to be able to be put on Switch, and as we discussed just before we started recording, I wonder if this means like, uh, whether or not they'd remaster the old, because was in there two games, there was the, uh, American Nightmare or something as well, uh, mm-hmm. which they did, uh, I wonder if they'd like remaster the first and second one, or if they'd just like port them. Uh, to, well, to... I know that uh, Alan Wake is backwards compatible on the one, and it does the same backwards compatible, but upscales everything, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know about an American Nightmare. I've never actually heard of that game. Uh, same with Control. That's not something uh, um, that was on my radar. But they were the original developers and the original publishers, so it's cool that they're getting them back. Um, obviously, either Microsoft had no future plans for it, decided to go ahead and let it go, or, you know, they just offered a big enough pile of cash, which, considering it's Microsoft, I highly doubt. Mm -hmm. Microsoft's got more... At one point, somebody described Microsoft as having enough money to air-condition hell if they wanted to. Um, So, but, you know, it's cool that, you know, they came to Microsoft and said, hey, we kind of want control of this back, and they're like, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure yeah. there was money involved, but for a nine-year-old game like uh, Alan Wake, it probably wasn't that expensive. So yeah, as long as they can, you know, they're they're able to do enough stuff on their own, and they're not like stre- stretched uh, resource-wise or like money-wise or anything. As long as they can like handle what they're doing, because I don't know Remedy's like financial situa- situation. 
Um, but it must be good enough if like they've come away from Microsoft because I, I would assume if they said like, hey, we want to we want to keep doing stuff with this IP, but we need your help. I'm sure Microsoft would say like, uh, I, I mean, heck, if they said that, then maybe Microsoft could say, hey, we've required Remedy Games uh, if that was a situation. So as long as they can, you know, come up with good, good games and stuff and, you know, control looks really good. Like I said, uh, it's like right up my alley and everything. Um, as long as they can do that and they're, they're fine, then uh, should work out pretty well. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, um, yeah, if it ends up on PS4 or Switch or if it en- yeah, ends up on Switch or um, PC at some point. I don't know if the game's already on PC, uh, although if it was an Xbox exclusive before all the PC stuff, then it probably wouldn't be. But if it ends up on like Steam or if Epic comes in and offers some money like they've been doing, uh, that would be interesting. And then the other thing is like, are they going to port them or remaster them? We shall see. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting future uh, for them. Uh, speaking of um, acquisitions and stuff, I want to segue into this. Uh, Sony is looking to acquire more studios. This has been reported by multiple multiple different resources um, or um, yeah pages and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this has been going around for like a couple of weeks, like little rumors here and there that they might buy this company, that company. Um, who would you like to see Sony maybe uh, acquire at this point? Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, mm. anybody that I'm kind of even remotely interested in has already been acquired by Microsoft. Uh, so there's no real game that's coming soon to uh, consoles that either isn't already done and independent or already part of Microsoft. Obviously, I hope CD Projekt Red stays independent as much as I think Microsoft is you know, buying up content just so that uh, they can have you know, some... Uh, uh, some developers can have a little bit more money to try to get everything to market, and they haven't really been hands off, hands off on with everything in the sense that this can only come to Xbox, as you know, with the Outer Wilds coming soon or Outer Worlds coming soon, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Baldur's Gate remastering coming soon to consoles. Uh, all those studios are owned by Microsoft, and they're not locking that exclusively to their system. Uh, they just want to make sure that it's you know probably a little bit better on their system. I'm actually more of a fan of of studios staying independent. Um, I mean, if if it's starting to fail or if it's something to where they need the cash infusion, yeah, go for it. But other than that, you know, try to stay free from all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. As long as you can financially and resource wise and that sort of stuff, then uh, mm-hmm. it should be should be fine. Um, I mean, like Insomniac is one that a lot of people talked about, like Ratchet and Clank and Spider Man and 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 those guys. Um, that's that would be an interesting one for them to do. Um, like, even though I think I think Spider Man is a second party exclusive, I don't think it's a first party because that they don't own Insomniac. Uh, that does, that mean that still doesn't mean that the games. Um, it's not very likely to come to Xbox and stuff just because like Sony is is in there and everything. Yeah, it's not going to just because no. Sony owns the IP yeah. for Spider-Man yeah. in that on the digital distribution. So, mm-hmm. um, and they have no reason to bring it to Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and Insomniac is like I think the one at the top that you know they could come back and do some more stuff with Ratchet and Clank, maybe, or obviously there's, there's obviously going to be a Spider-Man two and that sort of stuff. Um, but apart from other people, I, I'm I'm not really sure. Maybe like a blue point or something. Um, I'm just. It's interesting to look at. Uh, who's the um, Until Dawn guys? They've sort of escaped my head. But uh, th- those guys, they could maybe get those because with the um, Man of Maiden or Man of Medan uh, series, that's going to be on Xbox and stuff. 
it's a super massive game. Super massive, that's it. Yeah, because Un- Until Dawn is a uh, PS4 exclusive. I-, I think it's on PC. I'm not sure, but I know it's it's not on Xbox. Uh, but uh, Man of Maiden is going to be on uh, on Xbox on that. So if they could go in and, and and acquire those guys, that could be a good get for them. Uh, like horror wise and all that sort of stuff. Plus they like got all the narrative tools that they've got as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're obviously it's interesting with Sony, you know, skipping E3 and they haven't said much. And the the, li- the latest thing they've really said is like, hey, here's an eight minute trailer for Death Stranding. It's out November eighth. Um, but you know, if they're just working quietly in the background, maybe they maybe they've acquired certain studios, but they haven't announced it publicly. Obviously, they're working on PS5. They're probably working on sequels for various games for the launch of PS5, like God of God of War Two, uh, Spider Man Two, Horizon, and uh, and all the other recent IP that they've uh, come out with and stuff. Um, and maybe a uh, Days Gone Two if that was successful enough. I do hope that. Uh, Every developer's name is is escaping my head at the moment. Um, if those guys can come back and do a Days Gone, like I know that the game had some problems and stuff, but if they had like a second chance, because the story and stuff and the characters and the mechanics and that was great, but like sometimes the game just didn't uh, technically run very well. So um, yeah, we'll see how things go with that. But uh, yeah, it just depends when Sony opens their mouth next, and not in terms of a state. As much as I enjoyed the state of players and stuff, you know, with uh, Iron Man VR and and all those sorts of games and everything. Um, it's going to be interesting to see when Sony next comes out and says, hey, here's some more info on like Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and all those sorts of things. So uh, we shall just have to wait and see when they come out next. I mean, it could be they could do a PSX at the end of the year. They could do a YouTube video tomorrow or on Friday or in a month. or Because uh, they've been doing the state of plays fairly regularly. Like, I don't know if it's been monthly, but it's been every like couple of months or something. That they've done done state of plays, and I don't expect them to say in a state of play, "Hey, we've we've acquired Insomniac Games," because state of play seems to be a more sort of here's some smaller like indie games or double A games or like some VR games that we want to come out and talk about. So uh, I don't quite expect necessarily like the bigger news from the state of plays, but they could be at Paris Games Week, they could be at Gamescom or something, they could be they could do a PSX, or maybe they'll just wait for E3 next year and come out with a big. PS5 blower of news. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So, uh, are you excited for when Sony next says something? I suppose. I'll be curious. I wouldn't say so much as excited, mm-hmm. but uh, now that E3's done and gone, and everybody's said what they've needed to said for that, it'll be curious to see what Sony feels like they need to say next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, for me, like they got a bunch of IP that I'm interested in and stuff like that. And uh, plus, they've got my most anticipated game, Last of Us Two. So uh, we'll see when they say something next. Um, what, what else do you have to talk about? Because we wanted to kind of use that as a segue into the yeah. uh, the Sony thing. What else have you got to talk about? Well, if you've never gotten around to linking your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account to your uh, um, Rockstar account, now's definitely the time to do that. Uh, if you are a Twitch Prime, if you are an Amazon Prime member. Uh, you can link your Sony, your uh, Rockstar account to your Prime account and get bonuses for both uh, GTA Online and Red Dead 2 Online. Uh, for GTA Online players, you will can, can claim an in-game reward for of 1.25 million in-game currency, and then tag your account for bonus in-game cash on all future purchases of Shark cards. Uh, if you're a Red Dead player, you will get $300 of in-game cash, which I know is a lot less than the $1.25 million, but the prices 
are scaled back to the early 1800s, so 300 bucks because that is actually a lot. Um, you'll also tag your account to get extra gold bars if you ever purchase a gold bar pack. You will also get a superior ammo bundle, which includes 30 dynamite ammo, 30 dynamite arrows, 60 incendiary buckshot ammos, 30 volatile fire bottles, and 200 express ammos for your weapons. Uh, Twitch promises that this is just the start of more bonus content to come. And with Amazon Prime Day looming, uh, there's never been a better chance to sign up for Prime if you're not a Prime member. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Twitch, I mean, Amazon and Twitch has always done like, you know, in-game bonuses for small stuff. But this is like kind of the first big, big one right, yeah. uh, that they've done. Rockstar, GTA, certainly not small names. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? I haven't included it this week because I think Jason uh, Shrye from Kotaku said it was fake. But there was this big apparent uh gta 6 leak which had like this narco stuff and yeah i don't really want to get into it because i don't know how much of it is true because like i could sit here and read out all 20 um bullet points for it and i don't know how much any of it is true so when rockstar comes out and says this is what gta 6 is then we'll i guess talk about it so um, and but... i'm always of the opinion that i don't even think there'll be a gta 6 just because <laughs> they've put so much time and money and effort into gta online and GTA Online is making them so much money that they don't need to even do a six. They can just ride that for at least the next five years. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. It'll be interesting because for at least this generation, GTA will skip it. I know you. I know you can get GTA Five on PS4 and Xbox, but it came out last generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I know they had Red Dead this generation, so I guess that's Rockstar's release, but. Uh, yeah, looks like GTA is going to be skipping because I doubt that like they'll come out with a, with a GTA Six for uh, PS4 and Xbox One. It makes more sense to to push that to PS5. So, uh, like and it might, say, like you said, it's they might game. do the thing. Yeah, they and they might do the thing to where it's cross generational to where if it comes out early enough in the next generation cycle with PS5 and Scarlet, uh, they might have them on for both. Uh, and like I've said several times on several different podcasts, the generational thing on Xbox is irrelevant because anything that comes out for Scarlet is going to be playable on uh, 1S or 1X. It just it might not be as fast, but it will be playable. So the only real generation is PS4 to PS5, assuming it's not backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and, and talk about that. Like, when when we get to... I know this is a bit more in the future, but let's say next year those consoles come out, Scarlet and PS5. When we get to, like, 2024 or 5, I don't think that that the Xbox Scarlet games at that point are going to be able to run on the Xbox One. I still think, that obviously, the Scarlet will, will likely play Xbox One, Xbox, and Xbox 360 games. Um, but, yeah, I don't see how, like, Halo 8... Or whatever, whatever they're gonna have at that point is gonna is gonna run on the Xbox One. So they'll be able to do that maybe at the start of the generation, but not like when they're five years into it. So, I guess well, we'll... I mean, Microsoft is pretty much treating Xbox like a PC at this point, and I can play something that came out last month and something that came out uh, fifteen years ago on the mm-hmm. same computer, and it's just one's gonna run much faster than the other, yeah. depending on the specs of my build. So. Yeah. It'll be playable. I don't know how well it'll be playable, but it'll be playable. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. What else was I going to say? Yeah. So, you, so with this, you have to link your Rockstar, Twitch, and Amazon account. 
Yeah, basically, to get any of the uh, Twitch rewards that we've talked about over the past podcast, you link your Amazon account to your Twitch account, which really isn't even that much of a deal since Amazon owns Twitch. Mm. And then when you're on a web page for Twitch.tv, you'll see a crown in the upper kind of center right of the screen on your web browser. Yeah. And that's where all your rewards are. And if you click on that, it'll say, you know, it'll show the different awards and it'll show claim this for the Rockstar ones. And it'll have you go through the process of signing into your Rockstar Social Club and then linking that account to your uh, gamer tag or your PSN name. And then once you log into the game itself, that's when you'll get the in-game rewards. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, speak of, speaking of Amazon Prime, they announced the games for the free games for July. Obviously, like with the other stuff, you do have to be a uh, Amazon Prime member. And these are exclusively PC games, but there's kind of some interesting ones in there. A uh, cultist simulator is exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, your basic sim game where you try to, you know, be a, a biggest cult. It's set in the 1920s, so that's like kind of an interesting thing. Okay. Uh, the Escapist, which has been on, you know, console games for a while, you know, it's the top-down strategy game that's on there for free. Cool. Is there a Walking Dead version of that as well? I it doesn't say. I don't know. No, if I don't know that's... if that is the Walking. There is a there is a Walking Dead version of that. I don't know if it's the if it's the same one. But, yeah, and uh, I've never been yeah. clear if it's part of the game as part of like a DLC or just a separate game under the same engine. I think it might be a separate game. I'm not sure. So mm-hmm. I, I've seen it listed separately like several times and not as like a... Like whenever I've clicked on it and read it, it doesn't say this is DLC. It's like this is just The Walking Dead Escapist. So um, yeah, there's that as well. Yep. Uh, the third game is For the King, which is a single player or multiplayer RPG turn-based combat. It borrows uh, from different genres, such as tabletop games, roguelike games. Uh, the game itself begins with the death of the king, which inspires citizens around the kingdom, such as yourself, to rise up and oust enemies from their homeland. Uh, that one I might actually download and check out. Uh, but the get big game for the free PC games for July is uh, Ukulele. Hmm. Did, did you ever play that? I never got around to playing it. I played it. It was good, but just as everybody else said it had some camera issues that like didn't make it good to play um and they've come out with this like 2.5d version which is coming out soon in like november or something um yeah so i i don't know it it was it was a decent game but um like they were trying to sort of capture the fun of banjo kazooie and from what some people said like it was just camera issues and and stuff like that so um there's that as well uh, cool. So these are, I mean, interesting list of games. Um, but like you said, the probably the biggest one is is Ukulele. It's still a good game, and it is also on Switch as well. So if you want it for uh, your younger family members or for yourself, it doesn't have to be for them. It could be for you as well, and you want it for Switch or whatever. Um, it's out there on that as well. Uh, but this is the the PC games you said for the free yeah. Amazon month. Cool. So if you have yeah, the 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 uh, the free Twitch games are always on the PC. They're not on consoles. It's part of uh, cool. Amazon's push to get more people onto PC gaming. Cool. So there you go. Uh, should we move into some other free games that we've got? Yeah, sure. Uh, cool. So these two, these are two quite big ones. We've got both the. Um, both the games are gold and PS Plus, and we have an interesting situation with the PS Plus, which we'll get to in a minute. But on Xbox One, Xbox Live Gold members can download Inside, 
uh, for free during the month of July. I assume that's 1st to 31st. Um, Big Crown Showdown, never heard of that, uh, will be available as a free download uh, 16th July to August 15th. And then on the 360, um, I don't need to say backwards compatible anymore. It's been like that for like two years or whatever. Starting July 1st, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night will be free uh, for Xbox Live Gold members through until the 15th of July. Then on the 16th, Xbox Live Gold members can download Meet the Robinsons. I forgot that film existed. Did you? I vaguely ish remember it now <laughs> once I saw that listed. But yeah, I mean, I, there's some. I don't catch all the animated movies um and that's one that completely missed me yeah it's not very new it's not that like it's not old but it, uh, it probably came out in like 2006 or or something like that um yeah big one inside my game of the year for 2016 um so yeah if you've got xbox Live gold absolutely go and download that it is only two to five hours depending on how long it takes you to do the puzzles puzzles and stuff it took me about six hours for some reason uh, I didn't struggle on the puzzles, it just happened to take me that long. Um, yeah, I, I, absolute gem of a game. Uh, not really hidden gem, because it did really, really well when it came out. Did you ever get to playing that? I can't remember if you said you own it, or what your situation was with uh, Inside. No, I never got around to playing it. I do own it now, because it's a free game, and I'm sure I'll play it over the weekend. Just Because mm-hmm. it is such a short game, I can knock it out pretty quick. Uh, I'm definitely curious to, to see what it is about, but I haven't had a chance to start it yet. It's like Inside, uh, Inside. It's like Limbo, but evolved and more color. Mm-hmm. And did you play Limbo? Yeah, I have played some of Limbo, so that might be what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Inside is like sort of an evolved Limbo with more color, and it's like a more 3D, whatever you want to call that effect. Um, but yeah, don't miss that. Go and absolutely download that as well if you want to. And I don't need to download it because not only have I already played it, but I bought it at the time on the Xbox. So uh, it's also on Switch as well and on PS4. So if you've got the other systems, you want it on the go for some reason, you need it on the go, uh, you can play it on there as well. Big Crown Showdown, have you ever heard of that? Because I don't Not a I bit. Have... Nope. Not uh, even a little bit. Castlevania, Konami, interesting that we have... Uh, Two Konami games, one that didn't actually quite make the cut, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but Castlevania Symphony of the Knights, uh, what's your history with that? Uh, that's one of those things that uh, it, it's an absolute must play if you're a fan at all of that style of game. It's one of those games that it, it, it's kind of the benchmark uh, for that style of game, and it's like that for a very specific reason. So, mm-hmm. past that, I'm not going to say it just because I don't want to even dab into the kind of spoilery stuff. So, okay. Cool. I'm very interested to play it, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, and then yeah, Meet the Robinsons. If you remember that film existed, there is also apparently a video game. I have no idea how much it ties into the film because I can't remember the film or whatever. But that's your Games with Gold for July. Uh, let's move on to PS Plus where we have an interesting situation. Um, yeah, and I want to tie this into something else, which I'll do in a minute. But your PS Plus games for July. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer has been swapped out for Detroit Become Human. So the original choice was going to be Pro Evolution Soccer 2019, which is the other Konami game, which I was hinting at a minute ago. Uh, has been swapped out for the Deluxe Edition version of Detroit Become Human, which also includes Heavy Rain. So technically you get three games this month. Uh, the other game is going to be is going to be a Horizon Chase uh, Turbo, which I've not heard of. Um, but yeah, you said that you grabbed this as well. 
for free? Yeah, uh, once I saw for Detroit. Definitely high. It's one of those games that I always meant to play but never got around to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely glad that I didn't buy it when there was the big uh, PSN sale a couple weeks ago because I actually looked at buying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't on enough of a discount that I thought it was worth getting, and now it's free. So that's that's a good enough discount for me. Cool. Uh, what about Heavy Rain for you? I uh, never got around to playing that, but then I didn't own a PS4 uh, at the time. So mm-hmm. I might play it, I might not. It just kind of depends. Cool. I love both of those games. Uh, I do think that Detroit is is better. Um, and some people ask the question sometimes of what is the most underrated game of the generation. I'd pick Detroit Become Human. Uh, it was, I think, second on my best of 2019, 2018, sorry, uh, podcast list that we did last year. Um, I, I just love everything that, that that game does. And it has that thing of like, okay, let's say a character is swinging a blade at me and I get some QTEs there's always that feeling of it might not necessarily happen but if I miss square or R1 or I forget or I don't move the right analog stick to the left is my character gonna die like immediately if I is always always felt like the threat of that and that was such a sort of high stakes thing to sort of put in there Uh, and you play as multiple characters and it's got this interesting it essentially has like a fictional political story which actually like really really intrigued me a lot it's essentially the idea of like okay we have these uh androids and how do we live among them how does everybody feel about it what do people do when they go against it what do people do when they're for it uh all that sort of thing and then you have the different roles so you have like um the housemaid kind of uh droid then you have the the detective and then you have the um the carer as well uh, and then there's the three characters. So you switch, you switch, switch between them and uh, make your choices and stuff. But I absolutely loved it. So, And then Heavy Rain's uh, really, really good as well. So don't miss out on that. But speaking of Pro Evolution Soccer, uh, this is just something I'm throwing in here. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, um, which is, I assume, coming out later this year, has lost its partnership with Liverpool, who almost won the Premier League last season, missed it by a point because Man City won the title, but they did win the uh, Champions League, Liverpool, for the uh, third time, I believe, or it might have been the sixth time, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they uh, won the Champions League last year and they did very, very well and uh, Klopp had a good season there, but uh, Pro Evolution Soccer is no longer be- going to be licensing with Liverpool. They've switched over to the uh, Manchester rivals, Manchester United, of course, the team that I support, and we do have a Man United podcast, and I will be back to do that once we've made a few more transfers uh once Paul Pogba decides to piss off <laughs> um yeah uh once that happens but they've decided to partner with Man United for 2020 and that essentially means that all of the uh you know kit licenses and and the team names so instead of being called Manchester Red they're going to be called Manchester United I assume this means that they're putting Old Trafford in the game which is of course Man United's uh well-known stadium all that sort of stuff uh, with the Matt Busby stand and uh, all the other stands as well uh, that are in there. There's Alex Ferguson stand, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, any any thoughts on this as someone who's maybe not so familiar with the club or, or whatever? Uh, I mean, the timing of it is kind of interesting. It's mm. a big game to switch out it, literally at the 11th hour. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to assume either some licensing or deal behind the scenes got delayed or another deal got put in place to bump that up to the top for whatever reason. Or maybe it's just because like you said, the the new season is coming out soon enough that they didn't want to have people playing the old game 
and then just not buy the new game because oh well we got the 19 and don't really need to upgrade to the 20. So mm-hmm. yeah, what do you think in terms of the uh, Man United partnership? It it's just it's words to me. Honestly, I don't follow the mm-hmm. league. I'm not familiar enough with the people involved in the league. Uh, um, it it. It's not that it means nothing in the sense that I'm sure it means a lot to the people that care about it, mm-hmm. but in terms of my knowledge of it, it's just words I don't understand. Okay, okay. Um, interesting that they've switched out from the champions of Europe now, Liverpool, uh, to the team that unfortunately didn't win anything last season and didn't play very well. Um, but yeah, you never know what happens behind the scenes with paperwork and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it's interesting that they kind of that Pro Evolution Soccer has to do this, whereas FIFA's got the license for the whole of the Premier League anyway, and they've had that for, I think, like, three or four years or something, which, again, stadiums, kit names, uh, kit names, team names, and kits, and all that sort of stuff, so, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like you said, the the new season starts, I think it's the 11th of August is the opening weekend. We've got Chelsea, so, uh, hopefully Pogba's gone by that point, so. <laughs> Basically, he's a player that, like, doesn't want to be there. Clearly, he doesn't want to be there. He's publicly said that he doesn't want to be there. Um, Juventus has said that they want him back. He said that he wants to go back to Juventus, but it just hasn't happened for some reason. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, okay, so he's the the uh, European version of Juju Walker. All right, I know who that is now. Okay, um, I don't know. Who Juju that is, Walker. So. Yeah, he he plays for the American Football League for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he set out the entire season on a contract dispute. Literally missed the whole season. Wow. Okay. At least. Yeah, he, he passed on the pitch. He passed <laughs> up on uh, passed up on fourteen million guaranteed because he wanted nineteen million guaranteed. Mm. There you go. Yep. I mean, in a way, I preferred Pogba to not being on the pitch, so somebody else could have played because uh, he sort of he just didn't play well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, some questions that we have. Uh, you can submit feedback, questions, comments, thoughts, uh, theories for the Scream Killer, who you think it might be, uh, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTool.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, uh, contact page and information in your show notes. We start off with Barrett. With Crash, Barrow, SpongeBob, and a few others getting remasters, uh, what game do you think uh, is next, and what game do you want remastered? Uh, Robert, is there a particular game that you can think of uh, that you'd like to have remastered at this point? I would love to see Jade Empire remastered hmm. or Buffy the Vampire Slayer remastered. Those were both original Xbox games. Uh, Jade Empire was kind of a precursor to Knights of the Old Republic. So if you ever played Knights of the Old Republic like or Knights of the Old... Not a prequel. It was a completely different universe. This was set in more of a... Uh, um, East Asian theme in terms of character names and martial arts skill, things like that. But it was a precursor to Knights of the Old Republic in terms of, you know, the morality system, light side, dark side. They had their own version of that. It was turn-based, a role-playing game combat-wise. So you could see where where those games uh, cut their teeth with Jade Empire. It was very highly rated. It was an excellent game. Mm-hmm. If it ever comes to backwards compatibility, I would absolutely recommend picking it up. Um, same with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it was one of the few games based off of either a TV show or a movie that did it right. They just treated the whole game as just like one really long episode of the TV show. And outside of Sarah Michelle Gellar, they had the whole cast doing the voiceover. And the woman oh. that they hired to do uh, the Buffy character was close enough that you could kind of pretend that it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
absolute right, captured the humor of the show, captured the tone of the show. It was complete bang on in terms of what fans of the show would want in a video game of the show. And it was a very unique combat system because you are fighting vampires in that universe. And so you basically just need wooden stakes. Hmm. So you could rip like a flagpole off the wall and start wailing on them as like a, a staff for that. And then that would degrade and break. And now you've got stakes to stab them with to turn hmm. them into dust. Cool. Excellent game. Highly, highly recommended. Cool. I'd like to check that out as well. Um, I'll see if that, you said that it's not backwards compatible. Not, not sure yet. It's not. Yeah. No, uh, neither game is there yet. Uh, Jade Empire might have the higher request rate because of its history with Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they could backwards compatible Buffy just because of the licensing agreements with the actors and the voice actors and all that stuff. Yeah, That falls under the category of like crazy taxi not being able to bring the music over yeah, or something like that. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, it would fall under that same category. Mm-hmm. I'll see if it's on uh, PS3. Because I might be able to simply play out. I that. don't think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. Or PS2, but I, maybe. Yeah. If it's yeah, if it's an original Xbox game, it would be on a PS2. So I'll have a look around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's something else that I I would like as well. Not just video games adapted to TV, but TV adapted to video games. I know they did do a uh, 24 game, which was quite fun, but the controls were like off to a point where it, it put me off. So and if if the controls are off to an off enough to a point where it puts me off as playing my favorite character like ever and in my favorite TV show ever, then uh, you you did something a little bit wrong. So, um, but that's just what that is. Uh, in terms of me for remasters, I don't know because we've we've got Crash. Uh, now we've got Crash Team Racing and stuff, and like you know, I wasn't into Spyro, not into SpongeBob, all that sort of stuff. Uh, did you know about that, by the way? The uh, SpongeBob uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom. Got the remaster treatment? I didn't uh, know about the remaster. I didn't know about the remaster treatment. I do remember the game. I never played it, but I do remember it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I never. I didn't know that it was doing that. Mm. They had it. Basically, it wasn't at one of the press conferences. It was like a release trailer. Uh, THQ has got the rights, so that's where that's that's one of their fifty-five games in development. So um, they're also doing a. Uh, Destroy All Humans remaster, which again THQ has has got. So, uh, but I I don't know. I'd like to maybe see Ratchet and Clank if they can do what they did with the the first one on PS4 and do that for the rest of them. That would be good. Uh, the big three I think would be Castlevania, uh, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid. But good luck with that um, because you know Konami just doesn't want to do stuff with their games. Um, yeah, those would be like some big ones as well. If you could, if you could remaster those, uh, but yeah, the one that I'd pick at the moment would be the the other Ratchet and Clank games, and there's like ten of them, I think. So, well, nine of the others. The first one has been remastered. It's odd to me that that wasn't done as a trilogy because you can get the trilogy on Vita and on PS3. So it's strange that they decided to just go for the first one, but maybe there was something particular or licenses or something. So uh, there's that. Um, Luke says, what do you see being the most surprising feature of next gen and what do you see being the biggest letdown? The biggest letdown to me I see being, you know, we've got this whole talk of ray tracing and taking out load screens and stuff. I think it's going to be like 90% taken out, but I think, I think both Microsoft and Sony, like not to point fingers at anybody in particular but i think that a lot of companies will go into next gen and they'll say hey ray tracing no load times and then there'll be some games that will still have 
load times and it i don't think it will quite be the thing that is is like promised i suppose i think it will be basically too overhyped that like oh the ps5 and the scarlet but we have load times and their games and, and stuff like that and then there will still be some on certain games i think um i just don't see that being quite as successful as what it's being pitched but then i don't know quite enough about ray tracing and all that sort of stuff uh how about you what do you see being the biggest letdown i suppose of the next uh consoles uh definitely the 8k functionality that oh, yeah. they're hyping the shit out of just because the well for one the tech is technically there but, the uh, but nobody's using it um i mean i do a search on amazon for 8k monitors yeah and uh that's uh 8k uhd uh 4320p I'm getting one for a, a sharp 70-inch class uh, commercial TV, and it's fourteen thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. And the graphics cards I ain't any cheaper. Yeah. Uh, let me pull that up again real quick. My uh, website just crashed. Huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I... they're like nine hundred thousand dollar graphics cards to do full proper 8K. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure on that level is going to be some kind of like software upscaling. But with the fact that nobody's got a TV, well, not nobody, but so few people have a TV that can use it. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be such an unused functionality of the system, of both systems, since they're both saying that. Right. Because the um, Switch won't do that. So. <laughs> yeah. And even if, you, yeah, even if you can show it, you can't stream it. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for because for, both Microsoft and Sony have come out and said, like, you know, Scarlet's going to be 8K and the PS4 is going to be, PS5, sorry, is going to be 8K. Um, like we've, it feels like we've just gotten to a point where you can kind, you can play some games in 4K on PS4 and on Xbox, uh, Xbox One, um, X. Like we, we leave like 8K till next generation, or maybe even the one after that. Do do it to where like PS5 games and Scarlet games are just getting into the 4K range, which some of them kind of are already, but like lean into that more and get better at doing that and make sure more games can do that. And then maybe the like for the PS6 generation uh, and whatever the hell the next Xbox would be called after that, then maybe start to do 8K with that. I just think it's way too early to do 8K. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that, that not only is it not going to really be feasible i just don't think they should really like let, let's focus on 4k for, for this generation and like make good, good games in that so uh if you get what i mean um yeah what do you see being the biggest like surprise feature like what, what do you think something could be like like a new feature of these consoles that might be a kind of surprise oh uh, well that's kind of the point i mean if it's a surprise feature then you're not going to want to know about it so. so yeah um I mean, oddly, like, if the... They've said the... It's weird, because Sony's come out and said, like, yeah, you'll be able to play PSVR games on PS5, and you'll be able to play PS4 games, but just kind of the way that Wired article was released, and it was so so strange that, like, that Wired was the first one that, to get that information, and that's the way that Sony chose to do that. Um, I don't know, it was, a, it was a weird way to like reveal okay, ray tracing and 8K and backwards compatibility and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think if Sony can get that right, because uh, obviously Microsoft got their, their thing handled with that. Because um, it's almost like, okay, for the next generation, um, for Scarlet, Microsoft needs to focus on more of the exclusive side. Get get some IP on that Game Pass and get some IP on your powerful console. And then with Sony having you know already 
going to be able to do that with new God of War games and Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff. Work on having the PS5 be able to play previous games. So they can both work on their weaknesses, I suppose, as well. So, I mean, they can still add games to Game Pass and Sony can still make uh, new IP and new exclusives. They're probably already doing that. Um, but I think that's what they should both kind of kind of focus on. So, uh, But in terms of the surprising feature, um, you never really know what that's going to be until it's revealed. Like the whole... Um, I know it kind of died off a bit, but the whole, like, snap feature with the Xbox One was, like, a surprise feature. Like, oh, you can have your TV in the same screen as as your game, and you can, like, switch between them, and you can pull Skype in, or the, the internet, and that sort of stuff. So, that was an interesting feature. It didn't quite work in the way that it maybe should have. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a feature that, like, I hadn't at least thought of at the time. And then when, what's his name, went on stage... Don Matrick and he was like Xbox Snap TV and they were like you know Star Trek uh, what was that film called Into Darkness Star Trek was on one screen and like the Xbox Home was on the other screen it was uh, like I I wouldn't have thought of something like that so um, yeah what what I guess what what kind of features surprised you when they came around for like this current generation uh kind of hard telling because all the the quote unquote features that they were trying to hype up about the current generation have all just gone by the wayside. I mean, you can't really snap anything anymore. You can't really do picture-in-picture picture with anything anymore. Um, you, you can add, do, can you like, a couple... snap th- stuff, or is it just not, like... I've not seen an option to do it. Um, okay. The only thing that I've really seen is, like, for your streaming audio for, like, Pandora or Spotify or something like that, you can run it in the background. Mm-hmm. So you can fire that up. And then uh, play a game and just kill the in-game music for the game you're playing and just do your uh, Spotify list. Mm. Yeah, because they sort of changed it to where you could bring up the guide um, mm-hmm. to where you didn't. How did that used to come up? I can't even remember. You'd have to like... Uh, I, d- I don't even remember because I don't even remember doing it. Yeah, no, because I remember when you pressed the Xbox Home button like in the beginning of the generation, it would take you straight home. But when you do it now, it brings up the guide and then you press home. I remember there was, there was mm-hmm. sort of, some sort of other thing that they they put out. Maybe it was like a double press of the button. I don't know. They, they changed it at one point. I can't remember what it used to be. Um, but yeah, there's obviously going to be some surprise stuff and we'll uh, see what uh, what comes about. But that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, let us know your thoughts on all the things that we discussed and all the thoughts on uh, other shows that we're doing at the moment. By the way, forgot to mention, obviously, no Classic Reviews episode this week. It's on a break until the 21st of August. But speaking of Buffy as well, we also did do uh, episodes 1 and 2 of Season 1. Uh, my uh, spoiler, I guess, review for, for those episodes. Uh, that was Season 2, Episode 2. Yes, for, for that one. So go and check that yeah, out Yeah, spoiler well. for a TV show that uh, initially launched in 1997. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I've got the rule of... Um, all of the classic review stuff have all got like spoilers in them because it's all like old films and everything like that. It's not Spider-Man Far From Home, so you got that as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's what we got for you for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. You can find all the content on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to, uh, yeah, submit questions, thoughts, comments, ideas, whatever, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK, contact page and information in your show notes. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, uh, we are on Patreon as well. Uh, we've got an Amazon affiliate link, so if you want to do some of that uh, Amazon stuff in the... Uh, is it called the Prime Sale? What did you say it was yeah, called? Yeah, Prime Sale is next yeah. week, uh, the 15th. I guess technically that would be week after next. I think so. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, 15th starts the Monday of week after next, and so it goes to the 17th, so two days. Cool. So when all that starts, you can use our Amazon affiliate link. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those as well. Uh, obviously, make sure you're subscribed. Then you'll get the new episodes of things sent to you. Uh, if you don't want to review the feed, you can just rate it as well. Subscribe, scroll down, click on the ratings thing. Uh, send us some stars that will help us out as well word of mouth if your friends family whoever seeing spider-man far from home this weekend or toy story 4 or any of the other films any of the other disney films that are out at the moment uh whatever they're seeing or if they're playing video games watching tv let them know about our website and uh, itunes feed you can share them on facebook retweet them on twitter put them in different facebook groups uh video games uh, speaking of twitch like we did earlier if you want to watch me, Robert, or David play different video games, me and David are on Twitch, Robert's on Mixer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>